Joining us on the line is uh, Inquiry Counsel for the Collingwood Judicial Inquiry, Janet Lieber. Janet, thank you for joining us on Talk of the Town. You're welcome. Good morning. Janet, we wanted to talk to you about, uh, really, uh, just to get a sort of background of what this inquiry is all about. Uh, who puts the inquiry together? Uh, who who funds making this happen? And, and what are you doing? Sure. Um, inquiries can be called by any level of government. This inquiry was requested by the town of Collingwood, by council, they passed a resolution back in February, and that set out in detail what the inquiries to do and what our mandate is. So the way that uh, it gets started is they send that request to the Chief Justice of the Superior Court of Justice, and the Chief Justice, Chief Justice Smith, assigned Associate Chief Justice Morocco to conduct this inquiry. So within our resolution, it describes what we're to look at. It uh, is essentially the 50% share sale of Collingwood Utility Services Corporation. This happened in 2012 to uh, PowerStream Incorporated. And we are to look at the transaction, what happened with the proceeds, people and and entities who may have benefited from that, uh, was it properly conducted, and what can be learned for the future to help with the good government of the town of Collingwood. So this is quite rare, is it not, for a municipality to call for an inquiry? They don't happen frequently in the history of municipalities, but mm-hmm. across Canada there have been hundreds of public inquiries okay. at all levels. Um, some of the ones you might recall in Ontario would be the City of Toronto Inquiry, uh, the Town of Walkerton Inquiry, and more recently there was the Judicial Inquiry in Mississauga. And each of these inquiries were looking at particular incidents and events that happened. So in some cases, there were there were tragedies as a result of problems. You remember the Walker inquiry dealt mm-hmm. with water. In the City of Toronto inquiry, it dealt with dealt with big contracts, and that led to all kinds of legislation that changed how municipal governments organize themselves. It created lobbyist registries, ombudsmen, and integrity commissioners. And the City of Mississauga Inquiry, that led to changes to the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act, which are still coming into effect. So, yeah, you're right. They're, they're rare, but when they happen, they can, they can lead to some very positive change in terms of public policy, examining what's happened, maybe untangling transactions that are complex. And they do it in a way that's neutral and independent, so, and, and in a way that the public can see what's happening and, and try to understand something that might have been complex, or it could have involved uh, tragedies um, or events that we would like to avoid in the future. So this formal legal investigation, if people in the public uh, you know, may have information or would like to get involved, is there any way that they are able to be a part of this? Yes, there are a number of ways. Um, the first way is um, August 13th, we're actually holding a community meeting at the library. Uh, we have a website that's up and running with all of the information about that event, we are holding what are called um, uh, hearings to participate, or they're sometimes called standing hearings, where people who may be directly affected or have very particular um, an, an ability to assist the inquiry can apply to participate. And there might be different levels of participation. You might be able to make submissions to us directly. You may be able to ask questions of witnesses. And our uh, website has a form for people to fill in to say whether or not they feel that they have something extra to bring. 
And the third way is people can attend when we are holding the hearings and sit in because they are public hearings or they can watch them. They will be webcast as well. And for some people to be thinking, you know what, why is this so difficult? There should just be documents. I should be able to just go in. You can take a look at at where all the the funds went. What would you say to them? Well, uh, some transactions are more complex than others and will require some unraveling. Uh, This is an event that happened over a period of time. There was some level of complexity because there are different corporate entities. And that is the reason why you normally, when you make the decision to call for an inquiry, it's something that isn't easily encapsulated by just putting out, you know, here are a few documents, now you can understand. And so anything with any degree of complexity uh, lends itself to this kind of an analysis. But obviously we try to do it in the most um, efficient way that we can, Um, We try not to have it become open-ended. There are principles being applied all the time that include efficiency and and trying to set some time limits so that we we accomplish it in a a sort of a measured, deliberate way, thorough, but not so open-ended that it's unreasonably expensive. How sweeping are the powers that the inquiry has in terms of accessing information, getting witnesses. Can you subpoena people? Can you can you legally obligate people to talk and, and talk under oath? Yes, yes. Um, these inquiries are held under the Public Inquiries Act, which has an array of abilities to summons people, documents, things, before the um, inquiry. And the way that the terms of reference are worded is they've directed us to begin first by document collection. So that's that makes sense. You, you you try to get as many of the documents as you can ahead of time. You use them to prepare witnesses, prepare summaries, share them with the parties, and then commission counsel bring forward the relevant witnesses and documents before the judge, who then hears it in open session. And so those materials are then put up onto the website so that people can see what's happening. So back to Melanie's earlier question, um, why can't you just put the documents out there? In a way, we do, but we also have the benefit of the evidence of people who might be able to give life to what's in the documents or tell us information that isn't always covered by the documents. How many people are involved in this inquiry? Is it a large group? So do you mean in terms of the number of witnesses we might hear? Uh, no, in terms of who's actually conducting the inquiry itself. I see. Well, at the moment, it's a fairly small team of people. Um, I'm inquiry counsel, and and Kirsten Thorson is the associate inquiry counsel. Justice Morocco is the judge who will preside over the inquiry. We have an executive director, Shelley Ferry, who is in the office and uh, and deals with all of the administrative and support matters. And we have a communications person whose name is Peter Rehack. And I'm not sure if you're, you're able to, to share, obviously, maybe not who the witnesses are, but do you have an idea uh, how many people are, are going to be wanting to be a part of this or to be able or, to share some subpoenaed. information or subpoenaed? Yeah. Well, at, at the moment, it's, an open, it, it's the open call for mm. people who may wish to participate. Um, we have some people who have come forward, and there are probably some obvious ones. The corporate entities involved will likely seek uh, standing. Um, the town of Collingwood would be a party itself before the inquiry. Um, after that, it's an ongoing process of deciding whether or not people need to come forward and testify or whether there may be other ways to get their information before the inquiry. 
Who is paying for this? It's a pretty hefty staff that I'm sure it's going to cost some money. How much will this inquiry cost and, and who writes that check? So when the town of Collingwood makes that decision, it's the town of Collingwood funds their inquiry. It is for the benefit of the town, ultimately, and the town's public policy. I'm aware that the council did consider a budget that was based on estimates that have been used in other judicial inquiries, and I would uh, refer you to the town for that uh, report. I believe that came forward in June. Um, it's, it's a little difficult to say how much it will cost at the end, um, but obviously we do everything we can to be as efficient as we can. We obviously don't, we aren't all working on this full-time. Um, we're doing it as needed um, in order to provide the public with the best inquiry we can. Uh, you mentioned that uh, the outcome from these kind of inquiries could be changes in legislation. Can it also lead to ar- arrests? A public inquiry is not a police investigation. We do not, um, it's, it's not like a criminal trial, it's not like a civil trial, no one's being sued. Um, if, there, if there were police investigation or interest, that would be separate to what our process is doing. Um, in terms of inquiry, sometimes they speak of misconduct, and whether or not somebody's misconducted themselves may be something that an inquiry considers, um, but they don't apply criminal code um, processes or, or um, offenses to, to what it is that we're looking at. Now, I understand there is an OPP investigation, or we're led to believe there has been one. Uh, there's been no outcome from it. Would you have the ability or, or would you have the desire to reach out to them to see what they've already uncovered? That's something that's a bit premature for me to speak to right now. Okay. I know in other inquiries, um, for example, in the Wash inquiry, there was a sharing of information, and that's again, that's all public. You can read about it um, there was a police investigation parallel at the same time. Um, we're just getting started. We haven't finished. We're just starting, actually, collecting the documents so that we can understand what's happening. This sounds uh, like we're just sort of hitting, scratching the surface, and there's lots more to do. Again, you you have that uh, sort of public forum coming up in August. Uh, what's the details on that again? So I would recommend people have a look at the website, but it essentially it will be on August 13th. Uh, 6 to 8 p.m. at the library on, I believe, the second floor. But um, check the website to be sure. I've, I've seen the space once. It's a large meeting space that uh, looks out over the street. And that will be a chance to meet Justice Morocco and for people to uh, tell us anything they might like to tell us about what they might know or what the public concerns are. And then from there, we'll be having the participation hearings the next day. Is there a timeline? Is there a, a, a deadline that you have to come back with uh, the results of this inquiry? Council didn't set a timeline. Um, we want to move it along as quickly as we can, but enable us to do our work well. So at the moment, um, we've scheduled these hearings, then we will collect the documents, and we hope to start hearings in the fall, and we'll post the dates Um, as soon as we know what those are. Fantastic. Uh, Thank you so much, Janet Leeper, from the Inquiry Council for the Collingwood Judicial Inquiry. Thank you so very much for joining us here on Talk of the Town. You're welcome.